This is CliffCentral.com. You're listening to The Bounce Show with Byron Karpinski. I'm Hugh Bladen, and it's on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Blades, and it's Ben Karpinski. Why didn't you tell me? Ben Karpinski on CliveCentral.com. Today, welcome to The Bounce Show, October the 19th, if you're keeping up with the podcast and the different sort of dates. Back in studio this week, I uh, hope you enjoyed last week's show, and I hope you enjoyed the chat with Kyle Porter, a great golfing guest, and one of the many guys whose podcast I listen to, and um, hopefully you can enjoy the works of as well. So, we are a uh, slightly quieter week of sport, I guess, this week. Uh, well, whenever the Springboks aren't playing... It's like a big up and there's a big down. So we've got lots of football to look forward to for this week. Uh, we've got lots of cricket happening, I guess, if you like the sort of minnows, the mismatches, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, today's show is mostly going to be about me talking about national anthems. Now, I know this to you may seem like a very trivial subject, and it, it really is, but there's a lot of controversy around national anthems right now. A few weeks ago, I kind of covered the story a little bit, just addressing it actually, on how this is causing massive drama in America right now because every single NFL match has a national anthem, which sounds absolute painful, like just a painful situation to me. You have to sit through a song, even though both teams are American. That just seems stupid to me. Anyway, uh, you know, patriotism and all that kind of stuff. So, Massive drama around that. There's been reactions towards the anthem. People have been taking a knee to protest stuff. And then politicians, and Donald Trump in particular, has been saying that it's a disgrace. That everyone can disrespect the flag, disrespect the nation, disrespect the troops. Blah, 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 blah. Childish things. So today I'm going to get into anthems. I wrote a post on thebounce.co.za, which you can read in conjunction to this podcast. And I really suggest that you do. Mostly because I like it when people go onto the website. I think that's mostly the point of having a website. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're cutting into, cutting into anthems and I'm not going to be very kind, but I've thought about this for quite a while now. This isn't just some sort of knee jerk reaction to creating a feature. I just think national anthems are mostly stupid. And, uh, I just think that's because we're in a day and age where, you know, we, we should know better towards stupidity in this world. And, um, I think we can be a bit smarter than we have been. Anthems to me just, that they represent like a bygone era. Like it's all just, it's just bollocks really. We're also going to talk Tiger Woods. So, well, you know, when you're talking Tiger Woods, you could be talking about a variety of things, but today it's going to be about this return. So obviously this week, it's quite funny actually. I mean, I've had various bets with people uh, about Tiger winning another major. Now I knew from the moment that his wife wrapped a nine nine around his head, I just thought that was pretty, pretty much the end of the Tiger Woods era. The guy had massive issues. And I'm not just talking about he couldn't keep it on the fairway with his wood. He couldn't keep it out of... Okay, let's stop the analogy right there before things get a little bit too sordid. But, you know, Tiger was amazing for various reasons. And the fact that everything came to a grinding halt, well, 
that was it. And, I, and that's what I believed. I wish it was a stock I could have brought. I could have shorted Tiger's career because I would have made money. Anyway, so I cashed out one of the bets this week on The Verge. Or, and as it happened, he announced his return. His doctor said everything's going to be okay. But of course, um, I'll give you my view on that, which is, well, let's just say it's, um, what's the word? Realistic. Realistic is the word we're going to go for. So that is pretty much the show today. If you don't like any of those things, well, okay, cool. Um, there's other podcasts in the world, but I know you're choosing this one because you like it. It is The Bounce Show right here on cliffcentral.com or wherever you watch or listening to this. This is the great thing about content. is everywhere, and it's yours. That's the most important thing. So last week I was away. Um, I was at Sun City. So I'm going to release a video on my YouTube channel about just exactly what I got up to. But if you go on to uh, Follow the Bounce on YouTube, that's the name of my profile there, you'll see a sneak peek of some of the drone content that I threw out there. Basically, I played in the um, the final round challenge. So NetBank, the title sponsors, along with Sun International, they put together this really great media day for us where we go there and we get to play the amazing Gary Player Country Club before it closes. So before every sort of major golf tournament, uh, PGA Tour, European Tour, whatever it is, the course gets closed so that once the pros arrive, it's at its absolute most perfect and it's not full of divots from hackers and uh, the greens are rolling pure and fast and all that kind of stuff. So the course is essentially closed right now. So we were some of the last people to really enjoy it. And it was just after the first rain. So the course is only going to get better as we get closer to the tournament itself, which is taking place from the 9th until the 12th of November. Uh, if you go to nedbankgolfchallenge.com, you can find out about tickets and everything else you need to know because it is still a great event. I know everyone's saying, well, it's not an invitation only field anymore and it hasn't been for quite a while now. It's just any other tour event. And yes, I, I agree with you. It's just any other tour event, but it's still Sun City. It's still like Africa's biggest golf tournament. It's still so many great things as to give you a reason why you must go there. That golf course, that Gary Play Country Club layout is absolutely timeless. I know a lot of courses get tweaked. A lot of courses get lengthened or, you know, there's, there's a variety of things that have happened to golf courses, the great golf courses over the last sort of decade, but that course, it's just so pure. It's just so, it just feels so right when you go there. Obviously growing up in South Africa, it was a tournament that if you watch golf tournaments, you would watch that at least once a year. So very much like the, the Masters or Augusta, you kind of get a feel and understanding for that course. And that course is also, I think it was also on Tiger Woods Golf one year on the EA Sports console game. It's, it's just amazing. The ninth hole is iconic. The 18th finishing hole. There are so many great holes in that golf course. So I think all us South Africans or any really appreciators of world golf will have something special about that tournament in their minds. So the YouTube channel at follow the bounce. You can find some more of that. Um, so that's where I was last week, but let's get into it. Let's get into what's happening in sport right now. Just sort of main highlights before we get into our two features today, which is the anthems and Tiger Woods. Yesterday, the Proteas, they, uh, yeah, Bangladesh is still in South Africa. They're still playing cricket or at least giving their damnedest or trying to. And, uh, after the real hammering they took in the test series, everyone thought Bangladesh should be slightly more competitive in the ODI format. Um, Shakibola Sun, their star player joined the squad and it looked like a decent squad. Well, they were absolutely annihilated in Kimberley. 10 wicket win. Basically, the, uh, to the credit, the visitors scored a pretty, 
decent 270 something but Hashim Amla and Quentin Lecoq did it by themselves so a massive 100 well a massive 10 wicket victory which then took us to Paul which was yesterday uh, the 18th of October and uh, it was Abby de Villas' turn return to the ODI si- side you know she's taken quite a bit of a break from all forms of cricket internationally and uh, well he went out to bat on a pitch that looked like a little like crap to be honest it wasn't coming out of the bat very nicely the outfield was just horrible it just looked like a field like a nearby grazing meadow for cows and uh ab just kind of reminded us just exactly why there's so much fuss around him at any given stage the guy smashed 176 runs of 104 balls a strike rate of almost 170 he was just supreme he just took it to those um the bowling attack his first 20 balls were like kind of running a ball singles here and there and then he just sort of playing shots that, well, again, it's only AB can play. And if you look at the rest of the order, I mean, Amla kind of scratched around for 85, and Amla's just good. He'll score runs. Dukok as well, frustrating 46. Faktupasi got a duck. JP Dumini was suspect for 30, again, just scratching around. Feon Baudin, what a finisher he is, of course, 7 from 9. Uh, but, yeah, AB, 176 of 104. It was great to see, and uh, it just it gives you a bit of hope in this team again. It makes you excited about one-day cricket in general. AB is one of those pillars of entertainment where it's not quite the same without him. You know, there can be people who argue that he shouldn't be in this team if he's going to pick and choose where he plays and what he does. AB d- denies, of course, picking and choosing. But whatever he does, he's AB de Villiers. He can score 176 runs of 104 balls. So let's not be too hard on him. The guy's an incredible talent, and he's something that, well, it's nice to have him in your team, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, that's the end of that series. Well, there's still one more match to go if anyone cares, but, uh, yeah, protest wrapping up rather easily, which was to be expected. Bangladesh, for all their huff and puff at home, yeah, they still can't play away. Pakistan wrapped up their ODI series against Sri Lanka with a win. Uh, they, of course, are playing in the UAE right now. Now, if you don't remember, but uh, Dennis from Australia, Dennis Friedman, who's a guy I chat to on the show relatively often, he, of course, is currently in Pakistan. That trip that we spoke about a few weeks back, well, he managed to finally get the visa and away he is there. So uh, we're going to catch up with him quite soon. Judging from his updates on social media, it has been an incredible trip, and he's really met some amazing people. Dennis has been treated like a complete and utter celeb. He's had like... Um, police escorts where he's gone. He's just done so much. And Dennis being Dennis, you know, he's not scared to put himself out there. And the dude has just, he has achieved what many journalists would only dream of doing. And, uh, this will no doubt make the mainstream media hate him even more because that's what Dennis is. He's just, he'll do things his way. And, uh, it's just amazing to see the dude just get out there and making things happen. So that was, uh, yeah, that's cricket for the week. Not a whole bunch going on. Ben Stokes, uh, well, he's still kind of not going to the ashes. But the weird thing about the whole Ben Stokes assault case and the fact that he is, um, well, currently he's not going to go to the ashes because he's in the middle of a police investigation. We all saw the footage on TV on, like, there was, there was video footage of him beating up those two guys in the street. Well, I say beating up, it was mostly just drunk and swinging and eventually some guy got hit. But there's been no witnesses come forward. So Alex Hales was involved in the questioning process and he said he would cooperate with the police as much as possible. But none of the guys that were involved in the fisticuffs with Ben Stokes have come forward. Now, I find this very strange. So they're either just writing it off as a night out and this is what happens normally in their lives, which is fair enough. Everyone loves a bit of a box after a few beers. Okay, not everyone, but you know what I mean. Or, you know, have they been discouraged from coming forth and kind of, you know, preventing the hopes and dreams of Ash's glory for England? 
on the back of this because let's be honest, if England go to Australia without Ben Stokes, the only hard bastard that they've got, they're going to wilt and wilt bloody quickly in that horrible abrasive environment that Australia create for visitors. It's a, it's a strange story. It really is. So look, from Ben Stokes' point of view, he's obviously saying nothing. He's already lost his big uh, contract with New Balance, uh, which is about around 200,000 pounds, which I know doesn't sound a lot when you compare it to obviously the biggest sports in the world, but that's a lot for a cricketer. And, um, well, he's just lying low right now. He's not saying anything because he doesn't want to jeopardize the, the criminal investigation. But if he is cleared, of course, he's also nursing injury from breaking his finger while punching that guy. So there's not a lot going to come out of him. But the story is very interesting because the, the Aussies are loving this, of course. Uh, Steve Smith, he said that, you know, they're not trying to draw too much into this whole Ben Stokes thing. They don't want to make it an issue. But can you imagine if he doesn't go? how they are going to sledge the crap out of these guys about Ben Stokes not being there. If he does go, can you imagine how these guys are going to sledge him about punching drunk guys in the streets? It's going to be pure theater, and it's going to be absolutely marvelous for the neutral. Not so much for English fans, I don't think. So yeah, that's the Ashes, and uh, the Ashes is next month. Huh? Next month is November, so that's something to look forward to from the cricket front. In the Champions League this week, well, it was uh, pretty good. I mean, pretty good, obviously, for the big teams. Uh, except for Atletico Madrid. I find this very strange. Uh, this team has been so strong in uh, Champions League football for the last few years. But, I mean, they drew with Karabakh. Uh, they're from Kazakhstan or Azerbaijan. No, sorry, Azerbaijan. Karabakh's from Azerbaijan, and they held Atletico 0-0. Another draw, but a far more exciting one yesterday, was Chelsea versus Roma. Eden Hazard eventually getting the teams back on, on a level of um, pegging at the end there. But uh, against Roma, sure, big, big result there for Chelsea in the end to save that match, but an amazing effort from Roma. Man United, they beat Benfica. Uh, Benfica's 18-year-old goalkeeper made a bit of a whoopsie. Uh, Bayern Munich, they won. PSG, they won. Obviously, PSG yeah, scoring lots and lots of goals. Juventus, they won. Uh, Basel won. Barcelona, again, lots of goals. Three there, including Messi, who had... Um, his 100th European goal. Uh, on this, I've got a really great um, comparison between Messi and Ronaldo. I'm not going to go through it now because we won't have enough time. And it's better that if you actually see the site. So someone sent me a link to this. Um, I'll put it on the, on the blog post. So if you're listening on the podcast on the Bounce of Seattle today, just scroll down and you'll see a link to this. Basically, they, it's incredible what's got into this infographic about Messi versus Ronaldo, who really is the greatest. There's some incredible stats here. Everything you possibly need to know about these two, the two greatest footballers in the world that we've ever seen. And I will say we've ever seen because if you look at how much they play, what they've done for the sport, I'll put them ahead of Pele. I'll put them ahead of Mario. Donna, I'll put them ahead of um, um, uh, uh, anyone, anyone. You, you name it, these guys have done more for the sport. They've, they're more talented. And they have to because they're more professional than anyone else. So they've obviously put more time into the game. They're just better. So this this infographic is going to blow your mind. Anyway, let's, gonna, let's not get distracted by that right now. Uh, Barcelona won Real Madrid. Uh, let's get back to this. Um, yeah, of course, Real Madrid, they were playing against Tottenham this week. And, uh, wow. Well, they did, they scored two goals in a 1-1 draw. One of them in the wrong net, unfortunately. But, uh, Spurs, massive, massive confidence booster for them because now they're still top of the, that group with Real. And that'd be a huge result for them at the Bernabeu. Liverpool, they hammered Maribor 7-0. Uh, the Besiktas beat Monaco. And Monaco really struggling with having lost players in the offseason. There was so much like hope for them as they were the semi-finalists last year in this tournament, but they're getting hammered by everyone right now. And then, uh, Apul 
Borussia Dortmund drew. Leipzig got a good win. And Spartak Moscow got a 5-1 win over Sevilla. So the Spanish teams, well, the other ones, who, you know, we kind of think there's, there's got a bit more depth in, in La Liga because obviously Barcelona and Real are the two major sides. The other ones not faring well in this tournament whatsoever. So what are, um, Arsenal up to? You may ask. I'm not sure if you may ask this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Well, Arsenal are, um, what's it called? The, the Europa League. Yes, they're in the Europa League. So as much as everyone's getting excited about Champions League football, and if you are a fan of English football, the banter is amazing. That's what makes it worth watching. So there's obviously a huge amount of fans who support Liverpool from around the world, fans that support uh, Spurs from around the world. You've got the Manchester clubs, then you've got Chelsea, of course. But Arsenal fans are all the... All the <laughs> Let's just say that they're having a bit of a tough time of things. So this is what Arsenal are up to this week. Just uh, just in case, you know, we haven't forgotten about them. Arsenal Fan TV. Here's Robbie at the airport. Oh, this fucking auxiliary line. Palesto, again, this auxiliary cable. What does Alan Ford do to this? Does he sit on it? Sorry, we should probably edit this out of the podcast. Um, okay, well, here's a... Well, got into anyway uh before this show because the show is actually is a live radio show as well um it's also a podcast live radio show anyway you know that you know the drill by now and the shows that come before this show and the shows that come after this show and for some strange bizarre reason whenever i get in the auxiliary cable is screwed let's try this one the at the moment. You know what? I'm getting a bit worried about this flight. It's very foggy. Okay, so this is Robbie on the way to Belgrade. I'm hoping, I mean, there's already a bit of like a 20 minute delay. They're staying on it, but I'm hoping they ain't going to be too bad and we get off on time. Um, on our way, of course, to Belgrade. I'm looking forward to this one. Arsenal versus Red Star Belgrade. That's what I was coming. Does that sound sincere? Does it really sound like he's looking forward to it? Arsenal versus Red Star Belgrade. This is where Arsenal fans' lives have got to. Coming through a minute ago through the immigration, there was a Tottenham fan who works there and he was just giving it, oh, where are you going, Belgrade? We were at the Bernabeu. It is what it is. This is where we are. It's the Europa League. And look who else is here. Right. <laughs> and he's actually here on time. He's taken a sensible move this time. Yeah. Instead of going via about six different countries, yeah. he's decided to come with us. We go yeah. sports options one way straight into Belgrade and then after the game straight out yeah. easy simple simple isn't it if you'd, if you'd have hooked me up last time I would have been alright we did I? hook you up last time no. you just didn't want to come you no, thought no, no, that no. you'd go on about I'm not having that you know so this is the other guy DT he always offers his opinions after the match what worries me is that fog it's, it is foggy isn't it it looks yeah well, hopefully hopefully it clears hopefully we get over there and you know hopefully we can bring the three points back so what do you we We'll do any do you know predictions what, do you, or anything? What do you, do you know what, Robbie? I'm enjoying the Europa League at the moment. Yeah? Because it's a break. Does he mean it? The Europa League team, the players that are playing, seem to be, you know, enjoying it and playing well. Mm. So we're seeing a bit of decent football. Um, and I'm enjoying visiting new countries. And you get to see <laughs> Jack Wilshire play. Right, I mean, which is something go. something you don't normally get to see in the Premier League, which is what we all would love to see. And Reece Nelson. Uh, and Reece Nelson. Predictions yeah. for tonight. Um, I think that we need to score within the first twenty minutes to quieten the fans. Bit like I, how we did yeah, over in, in I, Belarus. I think it? if we do that, then the game can open up. So, but the longer it stays nil nil, um, the longer they'll you know they'll feel mm. a little, quite confident. So, but I'm. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go for three one win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for three one as well. I know, you know. Yeah, these guys just in a crap one. But th- this video did make me realize that even though Arsenal fans they're going through a bit of a tough time right now, it is kind of cool when you live in Europe and you're around that area, because if you're going to support your team, I mean, they're off to Belarus. Then they're off to, you know, there's a variety of strange places they're going to go to to support Arsenal this season. Um, you know, in many parts of the world, you just stay in your country the whole time. Whereas these guys, they can constantly go around. The um, transport is relatively cheap. And they seem to be having a bit of a jaw. I think a lot of these guys end up marrying Eastern European women anyway. So, I mean, this is kind of a blessing in disguise for them being in the Europa League. Bucci's definitely starting because Wenger said yesterday he is. Well, you know, within it. <laughs> um, and Espina's has not travelled. Right, let's Nothing else changed Arsenal fan TV. They're still having a go at Arsene Wenger. So that's the Europa League can't say I'm going to give too much of a toss about that until it gets to some sort of semi-final stage. So that's what's going on in football locally. Uh, of course, the PSL, there's quite a lot going on there. Barocca and Golden Arrows, these are still your top two teams. They met last night this um, in a PSL match and they drew 1-1. So Barocca currently after eight games, they're on top. They've got a two-point gap over Golden Arrows. They also play eight matches. Then you got Pirates and then you got Chiefs. Uh, so 16-14 and then Pirates 13, Chiefs 12. Now, the reason I bring it up is because t- this weekend is the big Soweto drawby. It is a drawby because these guys can only seem to draw. That is what happens when they come together. It's a packed crowd. It's one of the biggest football derbies in the entire world. The world. Everyone. Uh, but, yeah, there's just the most dour, dreadful matches because the spectacle basically eclipses whatever happens in the field. Um, I'm, I'm just waiting for that, that one, that one occasion where one of these teams like breaks out and wins 3-1 or something. Uh, it might happen this time around. Who knows? Chiefs, uh, well, they're looking pretty good right now. They beat Sundowns in the league, uh, midweek. Pirates, well, they've lost, well, they haven't got a win in three games. So, I don't know. I, I reckon it's going to be a draw again. Uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But, um, yeah, good. All into Super Sport United. They won the MTN 8 over the past weekend. In, uh, tennis news, Federer and Nadal, Federer won in Shanghai over the weekend. And again, I think that's six in a row now. Sorry, five in a row against Nadal. Now, there was a time where Federer could just not beat Nadal. It just didn't happen. Nadal was just so much stronger and faster, and he just had all the answers. But Federer has just found a way. And this is what makes Roger Federer one of the greatest sports stars of all time. People might not really realize this because he's quite an understated guy. Um, he goes by his business, doesn't create a lot of fanfare, doesn't you know screw any hookers or anything like that. So he kind of just goes under the radar a lot of the time. But if you look what this guy's done in his career, obviously he was a young, great talent. His Wimbledon prowess alone makes him an absolute great. He's won all the Grand Slam titles. He's won the French Open once. That's good enough. People will say he's a bit, he's got shortcomings on clay. Whatever. He's won the French Open once. He's won the Grand Slam. But now in his mid-30s, having this amazing resurgence. And one of the things that characterizes this is that he's worked out how to beat Rafael Nadal. Nadal, of course, is still a world number one. So it's not like he's playing a less of a guy. Um, it's just amazing to see the progression of his career and how this guy goes about his work because not only is he supremely talented, but Roger Federer is one of those intelligent and super, super smart sports stars who just knows what to do in his career. He's managing his time well. The guy's an absolute, um, he's just not, he's a monument of brilliance in sport. He really is. So long may this last, even though, of course, in your mid thirties, things go wrong. As I can tell you physically. In other tennis news, Maria Sharapova believes that she has plenty more time on the court and plenty more occasions to take on Serena Williams. Uh, yeah, that's just a bit of a sad story because obviously Maria, uh, she won recently in some sort of second bit 
tournament in China. So she's feeling really confident and she's obviously confident that she will be back at the Australian Open in January. And what makes that interesting is that Serena Williams will be back in, in January. She'll be defending her title, now defending it as a mother. And, uh, well, Sharapova can jump onto these things as much as she wants. She will never be even close on Serena and everyone knows that. And also nobody really likes Maria Sharapova. But hey, those are your sporting headlines from the week. Uh, let's get into our feature. And our feature for this week is, well, there's two features I'm going to spoil you with because I've got a lot to talk about. And I feel like I've got a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's just, I guess, um, kick it off with this. Ugh, get the right screen. Yeah, let's kick it off with this. Yes, indeed, it's the national anthem of South Africa, this beautiful song in Koti Sikalele i Afrika. So, that basically means God bless Africa. Now, that's always very nice to ask God for stuff. Now, anthems have become a major part in sports. Um, look, it's, again, this is mostly American. The Americans have been responsible for shoving patriotism down our throats because patriotism supports things like war and other bad ideas where people have got to lose their, well, lose sight of logic, reason, and basically rational thought in any kind of way, shape, or form, and puff your chest out and go do things for other people. So that's what war is, people. If you haven't worked it out right now, well, history is going to blow your mind. So America are big on this, and they're big on having the star-spangled banner being played wherever they can, wherever they can. Dreadful song as well, like all of the anthems, but you'll hear it every time these guys play sport. Now, this song, like most anthems, was made by some old white guy back in the 1800s. Now, I don't know about you, but I like songs to have some sort of melody or some sort of catch or some sort of purpose. But these national anthems are stupid. Oh, the ramparts we watch so gallantly streaming. Like, who even talks like that? Ever. 1800s aside, ever. My point is that a lot of these songs are completely and utterly outdated and mostly just stupid. I mean, have you, can you, can you actually make anything up that's worse than this anthem? Wait. God save our gracious queen. So, an entire nation a variety of people, much diversity, ethnic backgrounds, political beliefs, must blindly sing this shit. So those three lines right there about honoring some old woman whose family thought they were better than everyone else just kind of makes you realize how stupid these anthems really are. Okay, so that's anthems for you. <laughs> that's really not. This is something that does piss me off because I, I like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in blind faith and all that kind of stuff, but they're becoming a massive part in sport. And if anything, they're bringing more politics to sport, which is always a bit of a no-no because this whole thing about 
um, again, it's just trumpeting this patriotism crap. Now, people are using it to grandstand about other things. So, obviously, in America, it's about protesting for a cause around um, inequality, police brutality, uh, violence towards certain race groups, whatever it may be. People are using the anthem to make a stand. Okay, like it's, like I said, I don't really care about their 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 causes and their beliefs because I'm not involved in that. So, I really, I mean, my opinion is pretty worthless in this thing. But the thing is, it's becoming a platform. This is what is now detracting from actual sport. People watch sport for entertainment. I don't want to get political. I don't want to get patriotic. All these things are stupid. I want to see people run with the ball faster than the other guys or catch balls. I just want to watch sport. I just want to be entertained. And the less these anthems get involved, I think the better. And they're, they're all stupid songs. You know, it's kind of just break down like in Kole Sekulele Africa. It's just a stupid song. It's basically asking for Jesus to save Africa. And the great thing about that is it's not even original. I mean, everyone's had a go at that. I mean, here we go. This is um, just an example of how most anthems are completely unoriginal, stolen from other countries, and have absolutely no meaning whatsoever. This is a dude, uh, J.J. Uh, McClough. He, uh, he breaks this down beautifully about how stupid anthems really are. I thought I would share with you some other weird national anthem facts. To start with a fellow plagiarist, let's take a listen to the national anthem of Liechtenstein. Yes, this is obviously just a ripoff of the British national anthem, God Save the Queen. Or, if you're an American, my country tis of thee. The national anthem of Estonia, meanwhile, is exactly the same as the national anthem of Finland for some reason. The national anthem of Tanzania. is ripped off by the national anthems of Zambia and South Africa. But this is because Tanzania itself ripped off a song called God Bless Africa, which was ruined before any of them. Ripping off pre-existing music for your national anthem is not uncommon, however, even the American national anthem does this. Check out the tune to this 18th century British song called To Anacreon in Heaven. To Anacreon in Heaven, where he sat in full glee. Now most national anthems have the country's name somewhere in the lyrics. of national anthems don't, but only the Dutch national anthem goes so far as to name a different country altogether. The Dutch national anthem is very weird overall, in fact, because it is written from the first-person perspective of their first ruler, Prince William of Orange. Roughly translated, the lyrics go something like, I am William of German blood, true to the fatherland am I, I am a free and fearless prince. To the king of Spain, I pledge my loyalty. This is because the Dutch national anthem was written back in the day when Holland was part of Spain. It seems strange that they never bothered to update it, but it also seems strange that they wear shoes made out of wood. Of course, coming up with lyrics to a national anthem can be pretty difficult. Speaking of Spain, they solved this problem by having a national anthem with no words at all. 
Now, you could probably still sort of hear some people singing in the audience. This is because the Spanish National Anthem used to have lyrics during the long dictatorship of General Franco. But the new government says you're not supposed to sing those anymore. Now, most national anthems are pretty boring and have the exact same kind of music no matter what country you're in. So the national anthem of, say, Uzbekistan... doesn't sound that much different than the national anthem of Norway. Only a few are very unique musically, like the national anthem of Israel, which is kind of a downer. Though perhaps understandably so, given the context. A couple of the East Asian national anthems are pretty unique, too. That's the Bangladesh one, you might have recognized it from the cricket. Yeah, these Asians really get a bit sing-songy. It's very childlike, actually. And what actually. is the worst national anthem, you ask? I would say Djibouti, although that might also be a byproduct of the fact that it seems the traditional way for that country to record its national anthem is with a yakback. Did you have yakbacks where you came from? That might be just a Canadian thing. But anyway, let us all swell with pride at the Djibouti national anthem, and if I missed any interesting national anthem facts, be sure to let me know in the comments below. You kind of get where I'm going with this. They're all just, they're just stupid. But like, they got very little to work with. I mean, anthems are fundamentally always going to be a bit dumb because, I mean, can you imagine having like a, a, a song for your family or a song for your business or, I don't know, a song for your relationship? It is going to sound stupid. Songs are meant to be things that are created because of like some sort of desire to, you know, create some sort of expression. Countries are countries, okay? They're run by governments that mostly everyone hates. So all this crap about unity and then asking God to save you. Ugh. Anyway, let's get to the real reason why I want to bring this up. I'm just going to bitch all day about anthems and how stupid they are. But I think there's got to be some sort of solution. I mean, you heard how stupid that Dutch national anthem is. They're basically reciting, um, blindly reciting the, the words of one man who pledges allegiance to Spain. Like, this got to be updated. These things are stupid. They're just relics of a bygone era, which is just bollocks. Firstly, I think solution-wise... Only the home team in sports can sing an anthem. If we're going to have anthems, let's be like really kind of fair about this. So if you are a home team, you can do something. But also, maybe not just an anthem. You have the opportunity to show cultural something or other. Like the All Blacks, as much as I think they're huck is stupid because again, it's like just self, it's just overindulging these guys. Oh look, you got this war dance and you get to do this and everyone makes a big fuss. I think that's self-indulgent, but at least they're showing a culture thing. Okay, cool. So maybe let's just scrap the anthem and you guys can just have the haka. Like, I don't know, for South Africa, maybe play Toto or like a Johnny Clegg song or something. Something that at least resonates a little bit more than God, please save us from whatever because you're not doing a very good job with that judging by our current politics. So there's an opportunity to show some sort of cultural thing. I don't know, like maybe Holland just needs like tap dancing with clogs. 
be a lot more interesting, be a lot more relevant than that stupid speech about declaring your, your pledge to allegiance to Spain. That's the thing with these anthems. None of my ideas here are cuck because the anthems already, the bar is so low. So you can come at me all you want about this, but anthems are stupid. Um, if you're going to play it like domestically and both teams are from the same country, is there really a point to sing an anthem? It, 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 must we? You know, in Varsity Cup here in South Africa, which is university rugby teams going at it, there are national anthems being sung before this. This is the most cringe, stupid thing you can ever think of. World Cups, yeah, I kind of get it. Because people travel from around the world and they go and support their teams. And they get very patriotic. And, you know, it's like a every four years, it's a kind of a cool coming together. And it's a cultural melting pot in a certain space. So I kind of get it there. Like, look, it's not lost on me that before a massive sporting match, you and your friends arm in arm, drunk as can be watching things. You want to shout something and you want to feel like you're part of something. And in that, in that instance, then maybe anthems still have a place. Good for that. But I think World Cups only. It's just, it's only fair. We only hear anthems all the time. Uh, age group, sports, all that kind of stuff. No, just let the kids play. Just let them play. Let's get on with it. And then, um, obviously another thing where uh, anthems come into it is the medal ceremony at the Olympics. Now, if you haven't won gold, I don't think you should get an anthem. Let's just keep it nice and simple because those anthems are either stupid or sound similar. Let's just have, if you've won gold, well done. You can have the big, pride swelling thing of having your anthem if you're the gold medalist i don't think that's already unfair but i still i really do believe we should have cultural displays or at least something contemporary rather than these stupid anthems most of them are being stolen from other countries or written back in the 1800s it, it doesn't make sense it's just stupid. Anyway, that full article that I wrote with some examples of how dumb anthems are on the bounce.ca.za. We're going to wrap it up this week talking Tiger Woods. Now, it was a big week for Tiger because his doctor gave him the all clear. So what that means is now Tiger has had four back operations in the last three years. Now, you have one back operation in your life. You've either gone through or will continue to go through absolute agony with your back. Tiger's had four in three years. Just let that sink in. He's now 41 years old. So he's like a sports car at the back of the lot with a little bit of dust on it and kind of being sold on nostalgic value only. So that doesn't bode well for a guy who wants to return to competitive sport. Now, it's not just about getting back to competitive sport. So Tiger puts some swing videos on the internet. And people are saying, wow, you know, his swing's actually looking really, really good. Um, you know, the Tiger might be able to actually really win with this swing. Yeah, okay, technically speaking, Hank Haney, who wrote that amazing book about uh, about Tiger called The, the Big Miss, I think it was called The Big Miss, um, he said, you know, look, this is a swing that Tiger can, can win with. And of course, everyone laps that up at face value and goes, oh, this is great, Tiger's back, Tiger's back, it's, you know, Sunday red, blah, blah, blah. Okay, everyone's just going to calm the hell down. It's one thing getting a golf swing. You can go to the range with me and I'll show you a pretty decent golf swing and I'll crush the ball out there and you'll think, wow, this guy's pretty good. But I'm not. Just like Tiger, he may be able to swing in a club and muscle memory is there and of course the guy knows what he's doing. But a lot goes into winning. You know, it's the, it's the week on, week off travel. It's about, like Tiger needs game time. You know, he can, he can swing all he wants, but he needs to be in that competitive arena. This guy can't string together much. I mean, he hasn't really in the last few years. He needs to be able to play four or three or four weeks in a row. I know people are saying he needs to manage his schedule. Yeah, I get that. But if he's playing a week here and a week there just to manage his back, he's never going to be sharp enough golf wise. 
He's never going to get in that position where, you know, you can be a pro golfer and you can play the best of your ability, but you'll have a bad bounce there or a slight miss there or, you know, like the green won't break as you wish. And suddenly out of nowhere, your perfect week could be three shots worse. And that's the difference between winning and losing, or in many cases, the difference between winning and being in the top 10. So so much more goes into winning, so much more about getting back into winning shape. And Tiger literally needs to be playing the tour right now. So the tour has started, of course, on the PGA Tour. They're now currently in Asia. They're playing um, uh, tournaments in Korea this this week, actually. So good on the PGA Tour to getting out there, kind of like the European Tour has been doing forever. So this whole thing about Tiger being back, you know, you can you can reference things in a positive and negative in life. I'm going to try to bring you down the middle here. Now, Pat Perez, he got into the FedEx Cup. He went to the Tour Championship last week. Sorry, um, this last last month. The dude's late blooming hard. I think he's 44 years old. He won last week in Malaysia in the PGA Tour event. The guy is he's experiencing a resurgence that like is really quite something. The problem is that Pat Perez didn't grow up as Tiger Woods. So he wasn't pushing it and he wasn't like burning the candle at every end and he wasn't in the eyes of everyone in golf. Pat Perez was a decent pro. He had a bit of a badass reputation, but he's gone through the motions under the radar. Tiger is completely worn out. So to think that he's going to have this resurgence later in his career, again, it's like trying to jumpstart an old sports car. You might get a bit of a turn out of it, but you're not going to get like a second wind. You're really just not going to get it. And again, I'm not being negative about Tiger. I, like anyone else, would love to see him back and love to see him back in contention and mixing it up with the young guys. But recently, Tiger also got to be part of the President's Cup where he was one of the, I don't know, captain's entourage, assistant captain, whatever they call it. So he saw firsthand just how good this next generation of golf is. Firstly, none of these guys fear Tiger. They respect him, sure, but they know any given Sunday they can just they can whip Tiger on a golf course right now. Tiger said that he's never seen putting like that in in in, in his years in team competition. So these guys are going to outdrive Tiger by a lot, and Tiger now has to swing within himself. So that that boat's gone. So he's going to be frustrated about the fact he's always going to be playing first when he's playing with these guys. Not only that, but these guys around the green and just getting it done on the putting surface are already so far ahead of Tiger. And all of these things are really going to bust his nuts. So he's seen this and he's knowing this. And he understands that not only does he have to make a comeback to golf, but he almost needs to be better in many ways because the the game of golf has gone on. People launch the ball differently nowadays. Technology is different. You need to know how to work to harness that better. So his job is basically impossible. That's if he's actually fit, fit and physically able to get back to golf. So it is, it's a horrible thing to be able to see Tiger the shadow of his former self because you don't want to see that. You just don't want to see it. And we saw it enough when he sort of faded away in the last sort of five years. But to see the way it's coming out now, and obviously the social, well not social, the sponsors pressures, the sponsor pressure basically come through. So, you know, he signed the deal with Taylor May. He's still obviously on a big deal with Nike and he has to come back. So he's posting these videos. He wants to get himself back out there. He wants to do his sponsors proud, but it really just seems like it's like a kind of forced thing. He hasn't set a date to return to tournament play just yet. Like I said, this week is Dr. Gavin all clear to go and do as much as he wants to or much as he needs to golf-wise to get back into shape. But like I said, he needs to be able to go week in, week out and play on the tour itself. But doing that in itself has its pitfalls and it has some horrible hazards. I mean, we all saw Tiger's cock not so long ago. 
Now, I don't know about you, but like, I, I don't really care. But then again, I'm not a public person, so if my dick had to get out into the public, I wouldn't really be bothered. But it's Tiger Woods. So crowds at golf in America in particular are, are mostly stupid. Like Ricky Fowler can't walk 100 meters at a golf tournament without some dumbass shouting, go spring break, or, you know, where's Justin, where's Jordan? Like people are are literally this stupid. So can you imagine Tiger? He's pulled it left off the tee on the fourth hole. He's already won over, hasn't made a very good start, and some guy is dropping dick pic jokes. It's going to happen. It will happen. Or, you know, he is kind of on, on the way, he's grinding to try and make a cut, and someone references his recent DUI where he was off his face on prescription medication. Or the fact that he went to rehab. Like these jokes and these stupid comments will come out. And eventually Tiger's going to go, well, shit, you know, I played pretty well this week and I've missed the cut. And now I've got these dickheads giving me gears in the rough. Like I don't need this. I don't need this. So it's such an uphill t- battle for Tiger going forward now that I think it's almost cruel that he has to go and walk this road again. His career is amazing. At, at In his prime, I don't think we'll ever see a golfer, with all due respect to Jack Nicklaus and everyone before him, I don't think we'll ever see a golfer as dominant as Tiger Woods, definitely as entertaining as Tiger Woods, or just as, what's the word, just as brilliant, simple as that, just as brilliant as Tiger. The things that guy could do with a golf ball, it was amazing. Next up, we've got this sort of older version of him to look forward to, who's going to be battling a multitude of things that just try to get the ball in the hole, and making a cut's going to be a big deal. So I wish him all the best, but I, I, I actually don't want to see Tiger out there. I, I don't, because it'll be really cruel, and I think it'll be very difficult for him. And um, I think it's something we all could be very sympathetic about, not because we need to be sympathetic about the life that he has chosen, because I tell you what, a lot of his troubles are completely self-inflicted. So I've got no sympathy for him in that respect. But the fact is, he believes he's still indebted to the game. That's why he's going to come back. And um, I think it's going to hit the skids, and it's going to be pretty dreadful. Yeah, so um, that's it for the bounce show this week. Uh, let me finish on a positive note. Um, positive note is it is the Curry Cup semi-finals in South Africa this weekend. So we got the Lions taking on. Western Province and um, the Sharks taking on the Blue Bulls. Those are your semi-final picks. Sharks very much the favorite team to win this whole thing. They'll be at home as well Western Province. Those are your semi-final draws. And then next week we will we'll have a big rugby show. I'm going to be away on the Thursday itself. I'm going to be in Rwanda. I'm going to MC slash DJ a celebrity T20 match in Rwanda in Kigali, which in itself is going to provide many a good story. Uh, Brian Lowry is involved. Michael Vaughan is involved. And um, I'll be there playing bad music and, and shouting about stuff. So you got that to look forward to. But next week will be a pre-recorded rugby show, which I'll put out for you. Uh, in the time slot if you're listening live otherwise the podcast will be like any other podcast thanks so much for joining me this week go on to thebounce.co.za for all these stories and features and so much more follow me on twitter at follow the bounce uh, subscribe to my channel on youtube also at follow the bounce and at follow the bounce on facebook as well and on instagram it's just the bounce that's all your sport for this week um, yeah I think we should leave it there I think we've had a good time together today anything more will just be overkill will it not Ciao. This is CliffCentral.com.